0: Saving money on everything for your next project at Menards. It doesn't matter what job you're up against. Works cordless power tools and lawn equipment have the power for you to get the job done faster and easier. The PowerShare 20-volt batteries run longer on a single charge, and they can be used with other tools. Check out Menards' entire selection of Works cordless power tools and lawn equipment. Plus the weekly flyer today on Menards.com. Save big money
1: at Menards.
2: can never justify stopping to get it because i've always got like a screaming baby in the car or you know i'm running late for something and i just can't ever be like now's a good time to to spend five minutes in the beer aisle so but i think i'll pour a little glass and yeah let's roll
0: At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Hello, hello. Welcome into another episode of At The Turn. Nick and Joe have so much to get to today. Before we dive in, Nick, you poured yourself a little thimble of something there. How you feeling, buddy? We're in May. It's
2: May. Cinco de Mayo. Oh, I guess. Well, let's let the fans in on a secret. We record these. Before you listen to them, you're listening to this after Cinco de Mayo. But Joe and I have Cinco de Mayo on the horizon.
0: Yeah, Let's I'll, put it that way. I'll I'll be in Chicago when this drops. That's where I'm going to be for Cinco de Mayo. <sighs> we have ti- we have we have tickets for a game at Wrigley Field, and the forecast is 100 chance of rain. So I think I'm flying to Chicago to participate in a rainout. Unfortunately, 100 hey, chance of good seats. That <laughs> is true. Nick and I are going to discuss slow greens, Americans' obsession with fast greens. I don't know where Nick stands. I'm going to advocate for slow greens. I have an insane story to tell Nick, but before we get to any of it, the second men's major of the season is nearly here. If you want to participate in a fun little contest, have an opportunity to win a prize, you are in luck. Go to Apple Podcasts. You're probably looking at it right now. It's on your phone. Stop your workout. Pause your walk. Get out the phone. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts on At The Turn with your PGA Championship winner. Give us five stars. If you're right, if you're able to identify the PGA Championship winner, you will get a sampler pack from Piper golf. If you can't wait, if you need to get those Piper balls now, go to Piper.golf. Turn 10 is the promo code at checkout. Nick, identifying winners of major championships seems like it would be easy, but as if we've identified many times, it is hard. It's a tough business.
2: There's a lot of golfers in fields of golf events, and a lot of them have a chance to win as as they have proven us each and every time. So, We'll get it. We'll get back on. We'll get back on track. <laughs>
0: we'll we'll do it eventually. I actually I'm actually feeling pretty good about this year. So I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Okay. Wow. Well, I guess you're going to have to tune in next week for our picks today. Nick, I have to start with this anecdote, and I can't wait to get your reaction. Every Sunday, most Sundays, I'll say I participate in a men's club game out at Glendivere Golf Course. They move the tee times from 8 a.m. to 7:30 start times, so I have to check in. You know, 7:20 is usually when I get there. No oh. time for no time for putts. No With time for the rest for of your group balls. shaking their head on the first tee. I usually have to go out first. So last Sunday, I'm in the clubhouse, going through my ritual, checking in, and the gentleman to my right says, "I want to book a tee time." next week scratch that i want to book a tea time for the rest of the year and this and this caught my ear and the guy as if he was ready for this request the person working at glendevere golf course pulls out a piece of paper and hands it to him and their interaction ends and i immediately start grilling this guy not the person who made the request the guy in the clubhouse i said did that guy just request to make a tea time for a year? He said, yeah, he's trying to get 7 a.m. for the rest of 2022. <laughs>
2: 7 a.m. On a, on a Sunday. Like,
0: yeah. Why don't you just get Packers season tickets while you're at it? <laughs> so apparently what you can do is fill out a form. It then goes to the powers that be at Glenview Golf Course. They look at the request. And they determine if this person should be on the books every single Sunday for the rest of the year. So that would be six and a half months that this guy would have 7 a.m. on the west course of Glendaleview. Oh, my God. Is this something that you would ever consider doing? W- wouldn't every golfer listening to this podcast right
2: now consider doing this? But like when – okay. okay. Why would you not do it? The question isn't would you consider the question is what what is the time that you would want to do and how much extra would you pay to never have to worry about booking that tea time every
0: week? Well, I think that's right. Seven AM I would not do. And that's what I was asking, if if that's what you would be interested in. But clearly Joe. No. What is your ideal time that you would grab the rest of twenty twenty two? And I'm talking your life right now. All right. Yeah. Well, let me put it this way. I've got
2: a tea time on Saturday, and I'll give you a hint. It's Saturday morning. Guess what time that tea time is for. I'm going to say 620. You're, you're not going to guess early enough, earlier. 545? 542. <laughs> I have reserved a tea time at 542 a.m. on Saturday. That's what time I have to play golf. That's what time – if I could get 542 – and I'm not even the first one off. There's a 5.30 tea time somehow. I, could, I didn't get it. I didn't get the 5.30 a.m. Saturday tea time seven days in advance. I, I shit you not. Um, if I could get the 5.30 at Chemoa every Saturday for the rest of the year, I would do it.
0: Are you playing alone? I, I would assume. I, I hope
2: so. If they try to pair me with somebody in this, like the only reason you play at 5.42 a.m. is to get home by like 8.42 a.m. And if they stick you with like a threesome and that turns into a four-hour round – Somebody's gonna be become the mad golf for the week real quick.
0: So I know you. You're probably not gonna grab a golf cart. You're just gonna try to power, grab your coffee, get it done in three hours, and then get home to the fam, right? Exactly. How early do you wake up if your tea time is at five forty two? Um
2: mm, probably five ten. God Get the coffee, get out of the, get get out there. You have to, you, you can't pay online here. So you gotta go to the shed outside of the pro shop because the pro shop's closed. Yeah. Um and pay pay ahead of time. And then I'd love to stroke a couple putts. Um, you know, and, and get out there and and, and tea off. Yeah, that's probably about right.
0: See, for an early tea time, I have to wake up. <laughs> you're gonna think this is crazy. I have to wake up at least, not at least, two and a half hours before the tea time is what I have to wake up for. I have to do it. So if
2: you had, so if you had the seven a.m. tea time at Klendavir, you'd be getting up at four thirty.
0: I teed off at seven thirty, and I woke up at five a.m. to do it.
2: <laughs> what are you, Patrick Cantlay? Like, <laughs> what, what, what goes into the to that prep?
0: So I have to wake and up. You
2: only had, and you roll it into the pro shop at seven twenty.
0: Yeah, dude, I have to. I have to wake up. I have to have a large breakfast an entire French press full of coffee. The key. Now the key to an early morning round, this is the stuff you're only going to get on at the turn, but the key to a good early morning round is, is you have to make a proper bowel movement before you get out to the golf course. I'm not going to, I don't want to be walking up four fairway and I have to stop this round for 10 minutes because I got to go take a dump somewhere that is, This is the thing no one wants to talk about, but it is crucial to an early morning round success, taking a good shit. You have to do it. You have to. That's my key to success.
2: All right. Well, you're right. That's the info. You're only getting it at the turn. Well, wait a
0: minute. What do you do? Because if you're waking up 30 minutes before, you're not eating breakfast.
2: No, I am. I'm I'm getting a hot cup of coffee. Okay. Tossing a few granola bars in the the bag, a couple bags of trail mix. I can go the first like hour and a half of my day without really eating anything. If I get the coffee, you know, start sipping on some water, maybe by like whole six, I'll, I'll crack open a trail mix, um, you know, and you know, if I get, if I got a few backups, you know, for a few snacks, I can definitely make it home, eat breakfast at nine, then really start my, my real morning routine.
0: See that's the thing, and that, I think that's the difference. If I knew I was going to be by myself and trying to cruise in like two and a half, three hours, yeah, I would do what you were doing. But I know that I'm going to be out there in the thick of it, in a foursome. And as a matter of fact, this previous Sunday, they let out some real dipshits in front of us before the men's group. It took us five hours to play our Sunday. I teed off at seven to play a five hour round. That's, it was that's criminal. You can't, you can't do that. It was brutal. Anyway, a tea time for a year. So you're doing, but 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 you did. So it would be the five thirty chemowa That would be your yeah, ideal that tea that time. Of
2: course, is it's, it's six minutes from my house, so it's super convenient. I, I want to be the first one out there, set the pace. Nobody's going to be behind. No one. I'm, I'm playing my own pace. I, I'm I'm I can be in and out. I bet in three hours I could be door to door in like three and a half hours.
0: Saturday at 10 a.m. would be mine. Now, I don't have the responsibilities you do. I'm childless. Unfortunately, with a lady who is very accepting of the golf life that I've chosen for myself. So I'm out there four and a half hours with the guys. I feel like 10 is that sweet spot where I I could probably get it done in four hours and 15 minutes. I'm home by three. I can help contribute to dinner, maybe take care of some yard work, still get some sort of like uh, contributing to the household thing done.
2: And that's at a time where you can have a couple beers in the course. Like really 11 o'clock on the golf course is, is five o'clock somewhere. You know, once you're can, in that 11 o'clock hour, it's free rain, have a couple cold ones and really enjoy your Saturday.
0: Yeah. One of, one of, one of the drunkest rounds I ever had was, uh, an 8am round when the, uh, A a buddy of mine who didn't quite pull an all-nighter, but he was pretty darn close to it, showed (laughs) up to the course half in the bag, and he wanted a drink, and I I was like, all right, I'll I'll get a bloody with you, and that literally (laughs) turned into me and him shirtless running down the 17th fairway. And uh, that was less than a year ago, Nick. There you go. We do lead very different lives. (laughs) So that takes us right into our main topic for today. I have seen more and more articles about this topic over the last four months than I think I ever have previously. And the idea is that slower greens are something that should be more expected and the norm at a golf course for a variety of reasons. Before we dig into those, I'm curious where you stand on the issue. Fast versus slow, what your preference is and I'm talking the course itself is in good condition. What does Nick prefer? Well,
2: faster greens lead to longer, slower rounds of golf. Um, more three putts, longer longer comebackers, uh, more tentative putts, um, slower rounds. And I think I've just established I want to get in. I want to have my fun on the golf course, get home, get on my life. So from that standpoint – Hey, if you can slow them down a little bit, speed up the rounds, I'm all for that. Putting on greens that are true, but a little bit quicker, I have more confidence on those because I I, I fear no putt, and um, it's fun to to, to hit putts that, that just hold their line and in their you know longer putts and the greens are rolling true. That's cool, but. So many courses cannot replicate that, but they try to anyways, and that's where the problem is. We equate
0: fast greens with pristine conditions. Yes. And it's this Augusta, it's the U.S. Opens, the most famous and well-known venues that we have in America, that's the calling card talking about the stem meter, how fast they're rolling, look at how lightning quick they are. And there is a higher level of skill that's required on those greens. So the average golfer, in my opinion, assumes that that is the desired condition of a golf course. Personally speaking, I always love slow greens. I think slow greens are easier. I think slow greens help out Chipping. Approach shots, really every aspect of the game, the idea that you would have a really nice public or private golf course that amateurs play where the conditions are really good and the greens are quote unquote slow just doesn't happen. Courses aren't set up that way. And I think it's always chasing Augusta or chasing Oakmont or whatever the U.S. Open venue is. I don't think you're ever going to see it go that direction. Do you? No, it's a sign of prestige. And and
2: we've established golf is a stodgy game. And if you can brag that your course has faster greens, that's taken to mean it's like having a faster car. You know, it's like mine's better than yours. Um, I think it's nothing more than that because – Golf, more than any other sport, offers you and I the same chance to do what we see the guys on TV doing, and we know that our courses aren't the courses that they're playing. But the stimp meter, we can say they're playing an eleven. My course was a twelve. You know, there's there's like the uh, the joke that, that people always say. The members the members of these PGA Tour courses say. You know, they, they had to slow the greens down when the PGA Tour came, you know, our, our club championship was faster, you know, and, and I don't know what that, why people hang their hats on that, but they do. And hey, it, in sports, in life, in, in business, the people with the money make the decisions and the, the, the members of these country clubs who are paying these top dollars to play these quote unquote prestigious courses, that's what they want. That makes them feel like their course is better. In golf, people pay for what is better,
0: and that's the way that it goes. Since the 70s, and this is from a Golf Monthly piece, average green speeds have increased by more than 50%. Mowing heights have dropped by half, which causes a great environmental strain on the golf course. I saw a quote from Lee Trevino a couple weeks ago. He was giving some sort of TED Talker, some sort of public speaking engagement. And they asked him about changes in equipment, balls, clubs. And Trevino said a thing I've never heard anyone say, which is why he's Lee Trevino. He said, everyone talks about balls and size of drivers. And that's the biggest difference between my era of playing in the 70s and the 80s compared to now. And he said the number one piece of technology that has improved, which has changed the game, is the lawnmower. The mowers that Greenskeepers use. He said, if they had HD televisions back when he was playing Augusta in the 70s, people would have freaked out at the condition of the golf course. And he said that the tee boxes that you have now at your local Muni are what I was putting on at <laughs> the US Open. And I thought it was such an interesting point that I've heard no one else make before. And I think he's right. We've talked a lot about the prestige and how members are proud of when their golf course is fast. I just don't see anything that can swing it back the other direction. And it's unfortunate because we're going to have the British Open coming up in a few months. And it's going to be at St. Andrews. And those greens are fast. But if you compare like a St. Andrews to an Augusta, It's not the same thing. Those, those greens are different over there. The example that I always like to use is Chambers Bay, which was something that people freaked out about, not because it was slow or fast, but because of the condition of the green Chambers Bay. And I've played it a couple of times. I played it in the summer and I played it when it was really water soaked as much as that place can be. It's built on a rock quarry. So it's not really ever going to be that waterlogged, but There is a slowness to those greens compared to other championship golf courses that I found really interesting. And to me, it ultimately comes down to this, Nick. You're playing the course. Everyone's playing the same course. So you need to adjust to what that is. It's a mindset shift. I just don't see how it changes. And I think it's unfortunate because people would get a lot more enjoyment out of the game if they were playing slow greens compared to lightning fast.
2: It's true they'd shoot <clears throat> they'd shoot lower scores they would play faster rounds and nobody would miss the fast greens and i remember playing a public course booked a tee time on golfnow.com you know on a saturday courses packed a new england course tree lined every hole there's there's woods on both sides you know people it's it's going to be slow because you get the you know the average weekend warrior out there hitting into the trees and you know it's just it just takes time they had the pins and i don't remember if the green speeds were were faster slower but the, they had like the most treacherous hole locations like if you missed it was on a ridge and it was going to roll off the green and all and i'm like thinking to myself not only is it not enjoyable for for me to feel like every time i miss a putt it's going to be a three putt but look at what you're doing to your to your product i mean you could you could cram like another hour of tee times in here if you just had easy hole locations and people could, you know, two putt and get on with their day rather than putt off the green. And like, I, I don't know, like if, if if the clubs could realize that the money could come in, especially the public courses. You know, you can do what you want at your at your high initiation fee private country clubs that have limited memberships. That's fine, but your your golf now courses, your your public courses where people who knows who's coming in, keep them slow keep them easy, keep them,
0: keep, keep the golfers moving. I got to give a shout out to Wildwood golf course, which is a little bit North of Portland. I think I've mentioned them a few times on here. You and I played there. <sighs> Did we? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a, I have a funny memory
2: from that, from that round.
0: Oh, please. Can we start with that? Is it, I, Wait. Is I just it, is remember for air.
2: Yeah, no, we, uh, it's all for air. I talked I about a good, pooping earlier. I, I had a good back nine and we actually played 36 there we got the replay rate and played oh
0: i do remember that i, that was I had awesome a good day. back
2: nine and i wasn't when i play i don't really i don't really look at the score i'm not really keeping score in my head but i came off the 18th green and said to you oh, it's, it's been a while joe since i broke 90 you said well you still haven't I, <laughs> I shot 90 on the number i just thought for sure i felt like i i felt like i posted something in the 80s and uh oh what a dick i I can't believe i said it that way no i mean it was it was very matter of fact it was it was good
0: 36 at wildwood that's that's a good day i actually just booked a tea time yeah the 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 reason i bring them up is because um i posted a picture of they have a really cool old wooden sign in the clubhouse their stent meter and i posted that to uh uh, twitter a few months back and we got into a little dust up with turf twitter which was fun but their stent meter is always around you know nine or ten which back in the 70s would have been Augusta, but now that's considered to be slightly slower. And Wildwood does an incredible job. We had the wettest April in the history of the city. And I played out there last week. It's in great condition, man. They do such a good job. It is as good av- as a condition as you're going to find for a public course that charges you less than $50 to go out and play. And their greens roll true, and they're never overly quick, they're fair. And that is the biggest thing that distinguishes Wildwood from, I'll call it the traditional Portland Rota. It's a little bit outside of the city. Wildwood does a thing where they keep them true. They're not overly fast. It's not a long course. If you hit your spots, you're going to shoot a good number. If you miss your spots, you're going to shoot a bad number. To me, that's what golf is, man. If you put it in the right spots, you're going to give yourself some birdie putts. Like I think it was, it was a classic Simon's round last time I was out there. Four birdies, couple triples, added up to eighty. We'll see you next time. Let's go. There you go. There you go. That's interesting. To put a button think- on this, Nick, I, I don't, I don't necessarily think there's anything that uh, we're going to be able to do to convince the powers that be in the game that, you know, this is this is something that can change or will change. I just think it's an interesting observation that. That is true. I think Americans obsess over this. I don't think it's the same way with other countries and golf cultures. I could be wrong, but I get the impression that in Europe, the quest to be fast, the need for speed, just isn't something as desired as it is in America. Make greens slower. Slow greens are fun. It's for the people. It's the people's greens. Make them slower. I'm on that bandwagon. Let's let's, let's start campaigning. All right, Nick, it is time for the Mad Golfer of the Week, and this is something I've been thinking about for a little bit. I want to solicit the folks. If you have a Mad Golfer of the Week, either you come across a review, you see some sort of social media post, or you yourself are a Mad Golfer, please hit us up. The email address is at Pod at gmail.com. We always accept your submissions there. I love that. I've actually been
2: thinking about that too because in a recent episode we, we we strayed from from the mad course reviewer and at first I was a little I was a little worried we might be we may throw off the vibes but then I was like no this is perfect there are so many mad golfers and not all of them just review golf courses so we got to open it up
0: I We're agree crowdsourcing
2: the people it's it's yes. the way to go
0: Hit us up. Once again, the email address is just the name of the podcast at the turn pod at gmail.com. Of course, the mad golfer of the week is brought to you by T box coffee. It's a roast to order coffee braid of the heart of Southern California package for the golfer who can shoot 68, the golfer who shoots 90 and every score in between let T box fuel your morning rounds, promo code turn 15 at checkout. Oh, Nick this week. It's close to home. Mm. I've been putting it off. It's my home track, Glendivere Golf Course. Now, this is the East Course, the more challenging of the two. And it's reviewed by Travis G97. This is from August of 2021. And, Nick, you'll remember, August of 2021. Very dry here in the Portland area. I know you keep up to date on the Mm -hmm. weather comings and goings of the Portland metro area. Yeah. So that was, that's what was happening last summer. Here's what Travis has to say. Quote, disappointed this time, though I've been coming here for years. The course was rough. We've had some hot weather and the course did not fare well. It's dry and dusty and there was a lot of dead grass. The greens were nice though. The golf carts are terrible. I traded the first one in because it felt like it was going to die. (laughs) The guy in the pro shop said most of them are like that due to the issues with motors or something. The next cart was as bad as at first. It lunge and jerked the whole round. Not a fan of the golf carts.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Can you attest to this, Joe?
0: How are the carts? They, uh, they restocked most of them. Mm, New So I'm a little surprised by that.
2: Travis is, uh doing the work to get
0: that new fleet stocked. Now that being said, there has been some moments out of Glenibyr where I've seen folks pushing some carts around. So (laughs) I'm not terribly surprised at this review in terms of the dusty and dead grass. A lot of the Portland courses have taken to not watering the rough in the summer. And I think that's a good tact. It, It at least used to rain a lot here. And there's really no reason to uh, water the rough. I get that it's a little bit dusty, but it creates sort of its own burnt-out challenge. It's better for the environment. There's drought going on everywhere. I have no problem with that. What I have a problem with is Travis's review of the golf course pretty much centering <laughs> around the motorized equipment. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: Uh, Travis G97. You know what's funny is my new my new home track, Chemowa We yeah. played nine holes there. Um, but they've got a billboard on the main strip about a mile from the golf course. And it says four consecutive public golf course of the year. I'm not sure what the criteria was. And then the the next bullet point, the only other bullet point on the billboard is watered
0: fairways. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. As if they apply water to them and, and others yeah. don't? As po- Exactly. The
2: implication is that a lot of public tracks in the area just – let
0: Mother Nature water the fairways. Now, you've been in the Northeast for a while. Do you find that most fairways are not watered artificially? Hemlock Ridge uh, did not water the fairways. And what condition did that leave it in once you got late in the year?
2: Well, (laughs) pretty terrible. (laughs) There is this hole at Hemlock Ridge that is, it's a a long uphill par five, and it's on like a 30 degree slant, Uh the fairway, the whole fairway. And it's literally impossible in July and August to hit the fairway because if you go left, you're in the woods. If you if you hit like the left five percentile of the fairway, it's going to roll all the way into the woods on the right. There's, there's literally nowhere
0: – I, I don't know. I never figured it out. Can you start it in the rough on the left side and let it trundle or will With that a also – Hill up on the left. So <laughs> I would just
2: kind of – tinkle around in the trees in the left and if it would ping out and, and sit in the rough there that was kind of the play
0: so i have a uh a cousin getting married in april in connecticut and uh i'm gonna come out and stay with you and ash for a little bit mm. In how april, long like, like like next year yeah yeah a- april okay. of 23 oh, yeah. oh, so how how <laughs> how long of a drive is hemlock from your house because i think it would be a sin for us not to play hemlock Race oh yeah
2: together. um 45
0: minutes oh that's done easy hour maybe <laughs> i can't wait to just have the most miserable rap with you with that dump <laughs> congratulations travis g97 you are the mad golfer of the week that's uh, everyone's favorite time of the podcast Theme songs still pending. We're working out the details. The first draft has been written. We're still working on uh, the guitar and the drums. We got to get the mm. rhythm up a little bit, but it's going to be there. Brought to you by Matchstick Golf. He's turned 20 at checkout. it's now time for Nick Rules. All right,
2: Joe. As you know, the USGA got all modern on us. And they now let you, they've liberated the flag sticks. You can leave them in. You can pull them. You can have them
0: tended. What do you do? I've been really pushing the pull the flag out agenda for my group again. Because I'm not having much luck putting with the flag (laughs) in and I've got to change something up. I will find that I forget for like six or seven whole stretches and just don't even think about pulling the flag. But I like looking at the cup. Unless I'm more than 20, 30 feet, if I'm inside that radius – I want the flag out. I like looking at just the cup. It makes it seem bigger to me.
2: Yeah, there's a sweet spot for me between, I would say between like longer than two feet in in inside eight feet, where I where I want to pull it. Outside eight feet, leave it. Inside two feet, leave it. Putting everything out this year, it's going great. Really? Yeah. No, I mean, like, I think I picked up
0: one that was on the lip. Um, yeah. So I'll wait a minute. Wait that. a minute. Not not that part. But I'm curious about the <laughs> inside two feet leaving the flag. Yeah. That, that's surprising to you. Well, sure. If you're, it almost seems paradoxical. If you're if you're pulling the flag from eight to two feet, mm-hmm. why are you deciding that twenty four inches and in is leaving the flag in territory? Just because you don't want to be bothered with pulling it out doesn't make a difference. Yeah,
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna make that putt. I don't need to I don't need to pull the flags. I'm, I'm not I'm not putting a read on it. You know, I'm not looking at it from all angles. Man. I'm not. I'm just I'm just knocking it in. You Grind know, I, I'm not gonna. Feet. The more you start to think about it, the more you think about the opportunity to miss it. I just walk up and knock it in. Okay. Yeah, yeah I like that. Okay. So, anyways, back to Nick rules. Um, this is a part I think people get confused. There still is a penalty for your ball. Striking the flag stick. Really? If, if. So before you putt, you can pull the flag or have it tended. If you choose one of those two options, if you pull the flag or if you have it tended and your ball still strikes the flag stick, that is still general penalty two strokes. So, for example, you can't say, Nick, go tend this for me. And I'm tending it. And it's screaming right at the hole. And you're like, oh, my God, that's going to go in. Nick, just leave it. Just leave it. Pings off the flagstick and drops. No. Two-stroke penalty.
0: Mm, So if I change my decision (sighs) mid-stroke.
2: Wow. Yeah. And and still that brings into play if you pull it and and, and leave it like four feet behind the the cup. (laughs) That's what I was thinking of.
0: Ram it off. It's still a penalty for that as well. Okay. So you have – a nine footer, let's say, mm-hmm. and I'm tending the flag. But wait a minute, Tent Okay, so you're saying if I if I'm tending the flag and you want me to leave it in because it's carrying more speed than you want, and it hits the flag and goes in instead of a four, I'm writing down a six.
2: That's correct. You have to you, wow. the golfer, make the decision before you putt. I'm leaving it in. Nobody's touching it get away from it or you're tending it. And in that situation, the ball still cannot touch the flag stick.
0: That's this. You've come up with a lot of interesting rules to share with us. This may be the top of the list. I am, I am shocked. I'm, I'm confused, but I have no choice, but to trust your, your expertise. Trust me. (laughs) I'm going to SGA. Man,
2: you, you made bastard's always up a, to something. A, you have got to commit. They say commit
0: to the shot, Joe. You have got to commit. I don't think – have you ever come across that scenario where someone has told the person tending the flag to leave it in? Get away, get, get away from there! <laughs> no, no. This
2: rule has never come into play in, in any round of golf I've ever been playing.
0: Well, that's what's so funny because when you were talking about that first scenario, I was like, well, what I'm thinking of is – so someone leaves the flag too close to the cup <laughs> Yeah, they rocketed into that thing because they missed the butt by about 10 feet. Yeah,
2: that's happened. After a few of those beers, the first thing to go is, is my feel on
0: the greens. <laughs> it's just t- touch of a blacksmith eventually. Exactly. Well, that does it for another edition of Nick Rules. One of my favorites to date. Well, folks, it's almost here. Next episode. Nick and I are going to be making some predictions, okay? You're going to want to bring your hard-earned money to this next episode of At The Turn. Nick seems – Nick's been confident all month about his PGA Championship picks. And finally, next week, th- the proof is going to be in the pudding. I can't wait. You're not wavering at all, are you?
2: No. I mean, I'm I'm riding some chalk here.
0: <sighs> riding some chalk. I can't there wait. There is such
2: a thing with golf, which there really isn't.
0: Folks, the greens are too fast. Find slow greens. Go out there, talk to your local greens keepers. Tell them you want the greens to be slower. They're too fast. Those aren't for us. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time at The Turn.